Hello sisters, it's your girl Ola Davis with another episode of When Marriage Hurts podcast. This is episode number 65 and I hope I'm speaking clearly enough for you to hear me and loudly enough for you to hear me. I'm actually recording this in my bedroom closet because <laughs> it's really early in the morning and I don't want to wake my kids. Um, so here I am in the closet recording this episode. Okay, we'll get right to it. Um, on today's episode, I want to talk about... I want to talk about how the church silences women. And I'm not talking about how they silence women when women come forward to say they've been abused. Yeah, they do silence women at that point in time as well. But um, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll talk about that on the next episode. But on this particular episode, I want to talk about how the church kind of works on our psyche such that when we start to experience abuse in marriage, we tend not to see it as abuse. Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about on on episode number 65. So if you, I guess we could call this How the Church Silences Women, part one. Yeah, um, I came across this video on on Instagram just this past week and it was this uh pastor she's a pastor's wife and a pastor herself um and she was saying she was addressing women and she was saying when your when your husband is uh visibly angry about something and they're yelling and shouting and you know doing all sorts um she's like you as the wife you're supposed to keep quiet you keep quiet that's not the time for you to explain anything you just you just keep quiet about it and say you're sorry even if you did nothing wrong I kid you know, she said this, she said, just tell, just say you're sorry, even if you did nothing wrong. And on the next day, when you can see that he's not in such a poor mood and he's not angry and he's all calmed down, you just go tapping and say, um, yeah, so about that thing we were talking about yesterday, this, so essentially she's saying in the heat of the moment, just say you're sorry, even if you did nothing wrong, just be quiet and say you're sorry. And then on the next day, when is much, when your husband is much calmer, you can then go back to him and said, oh, about that thing that happened yesterday. And, you know, 
if um if someone had asked me like 10 years ago if this was sound marriage advice i would have said absolutely <laughs> you know i kind of operated in this kind of naivety myself when i was newly married um and some of you listening right now might still think well yeah isn't that what you're supposed to do as a good christian woman now the reason it sounds like good advice to you is probably because you are either raised in the church or you know this is you've attended um marriage seminars programs whatever in church and this is what they teach as well or you've read christian books and this is what they teach or you've gone for christian marriage counseling and this is what they teach right but if you think about it critically um generally speaking is that really a good and healthy way to handle conflicts in marriage is it really healthy for one person to always be the one that's throwing tantrums like a toddler and unable to regulate their own emotions why one person always has to be the adult that has to keep calm even when they've been verbally attacked and disrespected right doesn't the other person in the marriage that's been told to always be quiet and stay calm don't they have a right to be angry at all at what point do they get to be angry about something if there's something to be angry about and if if they are also as human as the other person why why can't they be allowed to get angry too sometimes i mean why is there a monopoly on anger right anger is a normal human emotion <laughs> so why why is um why is there a monopoly on anger why does the church teach women about oh being being quiet like there's some virtue to being the one that that keeps quiet and fine i'm not going to argue with that right if someone's insulting you it's probably on christ like to go right back and start insulting them right but why is it that it's always the wife that's required to be virtuous in this situation see that's what i don't get that's what i don't get it's it's like we're being taught that in a christ what makes a marriage a christian quote unquote christian marriage is how christian the wife is how christian the husband is seems to be irrelevant and i just don't i do not get that at all when you take a critical look at this it just looks like not that it looks like it really is what it is is that the church rather than teach men 
that it's important for you to regulate your emotions. It's not okay for you to blow up on your wife and blow up on your kids. You need to learn how to manage your emotions. You need to learn how to not get violent. You need to learn how to sit down and talk things through like an adult. See, that's an admirable quality right there. But churches don't want to teach that to men. Instead, they want to teach women on how to... Essentially, they want to teach women damage control. They want to teach women how to shrink back, how to be silent, how to be quiet. And I'll tell you how... I'll share with you how I implemented this very bad toxic advice in the early years of my marriage right so i was married to this wonderful man also i thought that he just seemed so like even this physical demeanor everything about him just seemed so calm cool and collected he seemed like someone who couldn't even hurt a fly he seemed like someone who couldn't even have a bad temper even if he tried i mean that's what it looked like on the outside and then after the love bombing stage of the marriage i started seeing his true colors i started seeing that he would rage over ridiculous things right and that took me by surprise but because i've always been told that if your husband is upset and is yelling and whatever, just say you're sorry and say nothing more. So I did that. I said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. And I was also scared anyway. I wasn't just saying I'm sorry because they said to say so, but... I felt like saying I'm sorry would keep me safe in that moment. So I said, oh, I'm sorry. And then he just raged and raged and yelled at me. And and he was so close to me too when he was doing that, you know. There's something about someone yelling at you from across the room. And someone yelling at you when they're like two inches away from your face. So I would say, oh, I'm sorry. And I'll just... I would freeze on the spot. And then the next day or two days after that, I would want to have a conversation with him about the incident. And he would just flat out deny. Right? Like, what are you talking about? And I'll find myself trying to remind him of the events that happened a couple of days back. And I'll be like, you remember I was standing by, you know, the kitchen door and you came at me and started telling, yelling because you were upset about this thing. And he would just look at me clueless, like he had no idea what I was talking about. And, you know, in an attempt to remind him, because I naively thought, you know, oh, maybe he forgot about it. And I would try to start explaining. I would try to start, you know, even 
saying the exact words that he said. And the more I try to explain, the more I try to recount the the conversation to to get him to remember, right? The more confused he would look and he would have this look of concern on his face like he wouldn't say this, but he would look at me like, Are you sure you're okay? Right? And that would make me be like, What's going on here? Doesn't he remember at all? And I started to think, oh, my husband must have a memory problem, right? Because I, at that point, I was so naive. I didn't think someone could lie about something they didn't have to lie about. That was what I thought. Because in my mind, I'm like, it's not like something bad is going to happen to him if he admits to doing those things or remembering that conversation. So I, I couldn't really understand why a person would lie about that so i just concluded that you know you must have some memory issues or something like how and when someone tells you they simply do not remember that conversation happening or they completely deny that it happened how do you have a conversation about it it's impossible so i get somehow manipulated and forced into silence and then the pattern continues. And after a while, when that pattern continues where you try to bring up a conversation so you can have a discussion about it and they stop, they don't even say, oh, I don't remember that happening anymore. They just say it never happened. When that happens enough times, you start to, you start to doubt your own memory. So there was a point where I stopped wondering if he had memory issues. I started wondering if my mind was making things up, if I was hallucinating and seeing all these events. I know some of you can relate to that. Some of you are probably like, what? That doesn't make sense. You know it happened. But for those that this has happened too long enough, they will probably be nodding their heads right now like, yeah. Yeah, they will make you doubt your reality. So that was what happened to me. And that's why I no longer consider this, you know, good marriage advice. No, it's toxic. Now, someone might come and they might want to say, well, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's good marriage advice. It just didn't work for you because you were married to an abuser. I would still argue that even if you were married to someone who is not an abuser, <laughs> it's still not good marriage advice. Like how there's no, there's no, I mean, you could paint this with any brush, any color you'd like, and it's still going to come out to toxic abuse. Because even if you say, oh, if, if it's a, a marriage where there's no abuse, it would be good marriage advice. How is it healthy? How 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 is how can you say a marriage is healthy when only one person is allowed to yell at the other? That's still abuse. <laughs> See, that's where the argument falls apart. That's still abuse. It's not about, oh, if you were married to someone who wasn't abusive, it will be good. No, under no circumstance with this, will this kind of advice of 
you know, always shut up and, and, and take the yelling, a good thing. It never is. It never is. So when one person is always having to say sorry, even for what they never did, just to calm the other person down that is such a dysfunctional relationship right there it makes absolutely no sense yeah it makes no sense in a healthy relationship there is no monopoly on anger or how it's expressed if you both do not have the option to be angry when you have a reason to it means one's one person's emotions in that marriage is being suppressed all the time, a hundred percent of the time. How is that not abuse? How is that not dying in silence? So, yeah, I think that's a good, good place to wrap it up today. I want to say thank you. I want to say welcome first to all our new listeners. If you're new here, I want to say welcome to all the new members on the Facebook group. The Facebook group is called When Marriage Hurts. I want to say welcome to all the new members. I want to say thank you to those that send me messages on social media. So we are on Facebook as a private group and we are on um instagram just as a as a page right and i do sometimes get dms on instagram from people that tell me that listening to the podcast has been very helpful i want you to know that i appreciate every single one of those messages you don't even know what it's like for me to get that kind of feedback it tells me that you know I'm not just sitting in my closet here on a Sunday morning for nothing. (laughs) It tells me, it really encourages me that the podcast is helping women out there. Thank you so much for your feedback. Um, If you want to join the private Facebook group, it's called When Marriage Hurts. If you want to follow on Instagram, the handle is also When Marriage Hurts. Um, it's a new week and my prayer for you this week is that things will begin to make sense to you. Everything that you've questioned, everything that you've wondered why this was happening in your life or things that you've been confused about, you will begin to have a, a keen sense of uh, perception and begin to see things for what they really are abuse does a lot to confuse us my prayer for you this week is that that confusion will be unraveled and you will begin to perceive things for what they truly are i pray you have a wonderful week ahead and remember that no matter how dark the darkness is Jesus is right there with you and he says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Have a wonderful week ahead and God bless.